Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hour is here. OutKick 360, Thursday edition. Uh-oh. NFL Week 1 edition, Bills and Rams tonight. TGIF. Glad you're with us as we broadcast from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, Gut feeling right now, Bills, Rams, are you taking the Bills minus the points or Rams and plus money? I've already played it, boys. Rams money line tonight. Rams get it done at home. Everyone's picking the Bills. Rams are winning this game. I'm on the fence, but my gut right now is saying the Bills win. And it's probably right around the amount of points that Vegas knows. Is it by a field goal or less? It's incredible how they know. They seem to always know. I'd go money line. One big thing on every NFL game, and we'll start with the game in Los Angeles. Bills are the road favorite. Sean McVay, however, is one of the best opening day coaches in the National Football League in the history of the NFL. The Rams, he is with the Rams 5-0 and all-time in week one. He's never lost. And his teams have won in week one by an average of nearly 17 points per game. Tonight, they're the home favorite as the defending champs. Allen Robinson days, debuts for the Rams tonight. 40 touchdowns in 100 career games for Allen Robinson. And Rams future Hall of Famer Aaron Donald, he is two sacks away from 100 in his career. That can happen tonight. That is a nice round number for a nice round man. The uh, the uh, Bengals and Steelers next up, and I'll uh, we'll go with the noon kickoffs for Sunday first. The combined score of the two games between these two teams last year, Cincinnati 65, Pittsburgh 20. Wow. That is lopsided. And it started on the road. Cincinnati played them in one early in the season on the road at Heinz Field and then got them again later in the season. Pittsburgh plays Cincinnati, New England, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, and the Eagles within the first eight weeks of the season. That's rough. I think everybody thinks of Cincinnati as an offensive football team, like uh, just Burrow and those receivers. And uh, they can play some defense. They're saving Kenny Pickett for the remainder of that season. Once they get to this rough stretch, that's when my guy that's going to be rookie of the year will take off. I mean, four and four. It's going to look bad on paper to get to four and four. Four and four looks pretty good good on that schedule, no matter who the quarterback is. Lions and Eagles in Detroit. A.J. Brown with his debut. 24 touchdowns in 43 career games for A.J. Brown. He's had three games last year with... 125 or more receiving yards and a touchdown. That was tied for second most in the NFL. And now he's in Philadelphia uh, splitting reps with Devontae Smith. I'm not buying the Lions, but uh, go ahead. I hope for Eagles fans, A.J. Brown gets off to a good start. because uh, And for A.J. Brown's sake. Because I think if it's rough for him early, 
um, it'll be rough for him early. Well, so here's so, another thing about the Lions, by the way. I now have one episode left to finish their season of Hard Knocks. So I'm, I'm one episode away from I'm finishing. I'm impressed you got started after last year's. The last year was last draw. It's been good, but I feel like the first two episodes were the best, and it's gone down a little bit each episode since. I went back and looked at this game last night from last year. and Because there's more of an emphasis on throwing the football in Philadelphia. They threw against Detroit 16 passes total in the game. They won 44-6 to <laughs> over Detroit. Efficiency in the run game. Yes. I'm interested to see the game plan for Philly on the road. Just based on that. I've got a lot invested in Jalen Hurts. Bears and 49ers. The Trey Lance era is officially underway Sunday. Jimmy G's on the sideline, and we wouldn't have predicted that. The best player no one talks about, however, is not a 49er. It's Robert Quinn, pass rusher for the Chicago Bears. 18 and a half sacks off the edge last season. Second most in the league. I was a little bit surprised to see that this wasn't a bigger point spread in this game. I think it's right out of touchdown. Uh, for the 49ers favored on the road in Chicago. Um, that that I, I feel like the 49ers should win this one going away. But you bring up a good point about Robert Quinn and his productiveness. How much help does he have is my question. Not much. I mean, yeah. they, his help was Khalil Mack, and they traded him away midseason. There you go. So you can double him at will and Excellent uh, player. take your chances with everybody and else. And then uh, they have the Roquan Smith behind him that wanted an extension, and they didn't get it to him. He's playing anyway. After the hold in. Yeah. That didn't work. Very ineffective. Dolphins and Patriots. Mike McDaniel makes his head coaching debut Sunday against Bill Belichick. And whenever he's hired, you start to look at the schedule like, man, he's got Belichick out of the gate. And it has been a weird preseason for New England. The Patriots are 2-7 and seven in their last nine trips to Miami. Uh, storms hitting there starting today, according to the forecast. We should have asked Armando uh, about that. Um, but beyond that, uh, the real reason is they're trying to get acclimated to the heat and humidity, which Belichick believes has played a factor in that overall record over the last several seasons. Uh, we have second-guessed everything Belichick has done this offseason, and Sunday is one of those barometers to find out if they've got things in working order or if there is as much uh, chaos may be a stretch, but as much uh, questioning behind the scenes as we've been doing openly as, as a media and a fan base uh, who love football. Um, by the way, uh, Miami, Patriots at Baltimore, home against Buffalo to start the season. 50% chance of rain. If, I could, if we could Sunday. ever go mic'd up for one of those coaches' pregame chats on the field when their team's stretching and getting warmed up, I'd love to go mic'd up with McDaniels and Belichick in this game. Oldest old, youngest young. I mean, it would be unbelievable. I don't know if it'd be awkward or great. Like it could be either way. It could be the greatest conversation ever or, ever or incredibly <laughs> awkward. Uh, Panthers and Browns, the Baker Mayfield revenge game. He's talking crap, but then didn't want to admit it after it got out that, that he was ready to, uh, to show Cleveland what was up. The Browns, <laughs> the Browns have not won a season opener since 2004. It's been a while. In the 17 seasons... They've gone 0-16-1 in their season openers. And John Breach at CBS Sports points out that every other NFL team, every one of them, has won at least five openers in that same time stretch. And here's Cleveland trying to get their first in 17 years. The starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, just because this got me interested, mm -hmm. in 2004 to start the season was Jeff Garcia. <laughs> I think... Uh... <laughs> 
I think Baker's going to be very effective. My quarterback. Very effective. What if Cleveland wins that game? I mean, it's not a massive upset by any means, but I think people are going to feel like it is. But this is one of those games that people are counting them out with because Deshaun Watson's not playing. Just because of Brissette. You know, they're, they're looking the record like, what's, he, what's the record when Deshaun gets back, right? If you're, this is one of those you're giving an L to. I, I have. I'm taking Baker Mayfield in the revenge game. Christian McCaffrey is another reason why. He has amassed over 100 total offensive yards, uh, yards from scrimmage. In his last five home games in Carolina, they feed him. Until he gets hurt, they'll continue to do that. And he showed up on the injury report today with the shin. Nothing serious, but uh, they're being proactive. You want to get ahead of the curve with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Carolina, by the way, uh, uh, with McCaffrey, he has missed 23 of the last 33 possible games yeah, I, for I the don't Panthers. See, don't let yourself get excited about Christian McCaffrey, even if he lights it up this weekend, next weekend, the third weekend. It's, there, there are some guys in the league, it's just a matter of time. And he's one of those. It's an inevitability that it's going to happen. Texans are hosting the Colts. The Colts have lost their last eight season openers. Two of those were to the Texans. Their last win came in 2013 against the Raiders. Matt Ryan is their sixth quarterback to start week one uh, over the last six years for the Indianapolis Colts. Going backward, they've had Wentz, Rivers, Brissett, Andrew Luck, and Scott Tolzien. It's crazy to think about the success they've had over the years, but that lack of success in game number one. And this, is, this is a good way to get off the schneid in, in week one. The, the Texans, those covering the Texans have raved about their rookie class. So if they have a chance to pull the upset, not only does it come from Davis Mills, but it's coming from their rookie class in the backfield and on the defensive end with a few interceptions potentially. Paul, your thoughts? I think, uh, I think the Colts should, should win it. You r- rattle off the list of quarterbacks, and you know I-, I think I think Ryan's better. I think there's a chance they're looking for yet another one next year. Potentially, he's thirty. What thirty-seven? Yeah. Falcons and Saints. Jameis Winston in his seven starts last season, fifteen touchdowns, three interceptions, and Sean Payton. Uh, Jameis Winston, who is famous for the thirty for thirty season. 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. They should do a 30 for 30 and <laughs> call that. it 30 for 30. I, I would love, I'd watch it. A quarterback rating of 102.8. I don't trust if, it. At if all. they have a chance of being, you know, the top of the mountain in the NFC South, uh, they play well in their division, but the inconsistencies that we know Winston brings, at least in the seven games he was available before he blew out his ACL. He was the opposite of that. He was playing very well last year. How many teams do you say? It's a really good team, except I'm uncertain about them at coach and quarterback. Zero well, good teams. Do well, you say I think about. if you're but if you're picking the Saints to do anything, that's someone saying I'm I'm not uncertain at quarterback. I feel like Jameis Winston's good and he's gonna have a good year. I mean the, Jameis Winston's I, not good. I don't I don't believe that, but if you're picking them to do something, I think you that's what you're saying. Since twenty seventeen, he ranks Second in the NFL with 67 scrimmage touchdowns. Let me put it this way, Paul. I like the odds of Jameis Winston having a breakout year more than Dennis Allen having a breakout year based on what I've seen from both of them. Well, if, From if, head coach to quarterback. If Winston has a breakout year, then so does Dennis, Dennis Allen, Allen possibly. Does too. Yeah. We'll get Good an point. And that. that'd be more about Pete Carmichael, as I've, I've mentioned. Oh, he may get a head coaching job. 
yeah. after the season. Commanders and Jags. This is interesting. Four of the Jaguars' first six games are on the road. No Chase Young for Washington. We know that. The Commanders, however, have invested in pass rush. From 2017 to 2020, they have four first-round picks on their defensive line. Now, Chase Young is one of them. But they have Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, and then Chase Young in 2020, who they're without. It's not a bad, I think the Jags can win this. Not a bad strategy. I, I expect the Jags to win it, I think. They are a road dog. I think the line is, is, should be reversed in this game. And uh, maybe we'll see that tomorrow yeah. with some upsets. Sounded like I think some. a couple of overreactions to teams winning this weekend could be if Cleveland goes to Carolina and wins because immediately everyone's going to start yep. counting up the possible wins before Deshaun Watson returns to lead them to the playoffs. Same with Jags. And that's going to be a mistake. Jacksonville, the exact same. People they're going to win in the division. Be, you know, you're going to see the team and, and look at them and think, there's a lot of talent on this roster. We just didn't see it do anything because of, all because of big, bad Urban Meyer. Especially, Chad, if, if somehow the Colts or the Titans get picked off in an upset oh, yeah. and the Jags win, people will be like, oh, the That's Jags right. are, are, are right. get a wild card bid. Joe Flacco against his old team as the Jets are hosting the Baltimore Ravens. He's still not elite. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> The, the Ravens are 9-2 all-time against the Jets. And the last Jets win in this series came against Joe Flacco's Baltimore Ravens team, and the previous one was in 1997. This would be uh, the biggest upset of the weekend, I, in my eyes, if, uh, if the Jets found the way against the Ravens. Vikings and Packers, one of the NFL's oldest rivalries. Rodgers going for three straight MVPs. Um the only other quarterback, I, and I say I believe, I'm 99% certain of this, to have three straight is Brett Favre. It's funny how that lines up with, with Rodgers there. But the, the MVP status would grow a, a great distance uh, with a nice playoff run to accompany that for Rodgers as well. Popular um, upset pick for the Vikings. Yes. Um, Cardinals and Chiefs. I, I wonder how much film study Kyler Murray's put in on the Chiefs this week. No one's asking that question after spending way too much time on it. DeAndre Hopkins is missing the first of six games for the Cardinals. In the three seasons with Kingsbury, the Cardinals are dead even through the first seven games of the. Or I, I take that back. They're fifteen five and one uh, through the first seven games, and then it's the reverse on the back end of seasons. They they start fast and finish. Uh, nearly lifeless, nine and nineteen over the backstretch of seasons for Kingsbury in three years, That's, and then uh, this is another barometer too. We we talked about this of a team that played its star players, big money players, a lot. The Chiefs in the preseason, and the Cardinals who did not. Chiefs have adapted to stuff over the last couple of years. They had that revamp of their offensive line that they adjusted to in season. They had Armando talked about it last year, adjusted last year, uh, last segment or earlier to uh, the idea of a uh, lot of cover two to get Tyreek Hill in front of people last year, which took them a while to adjust to and amounted to a slow start for Mahomes. Yep. Now they've got to adjust to uh, life without Hill and with these new receivers. And if that Cardinals offense looks really bad in game one, get ready for that uh, research being done on Call of Duty live action that's being gone, that's going right. on with the Kyler Murray household and lack of preparation. I would think he would have changed his usual. It was Call of Duty, right? Wasn't yep. that the, the yep. game that he was? Okay. Uh, Mahomes, by the way, has never Not lost a, a regular season opener. He's 4-0 and as the starter. And his Isn't that offenses, crazy that he's only had four openers? 
Well, he didn't start his rookie I year. I know. Feels like he's it, been it, in yeah, the league. It feels like he's been around for a decade, though. He's done so much already. 36 points in those games is the average for Mahomes at the helm of his openers. Chargers and Raiders. The Raiders brought in Chandler Jones on their defense and the lineup, uh, whole lineup across from uh, Crosby. And Jones had 10 and a half sacks last year. Now, what, five, three of them, five of them came in week one last year. Yeah. Uh, but still 10 and a half. And now he's five. with uh, Patrick Graham in New England as the defensive coordinator. Get the debut against the uh, popular pick in the Chargers. Uh, if the Raiders have a strong defensive line that can rush the passer. Titans and Giants, the, Gi- uh, the, the Giants scored 24 touchdowns total, total a year ago. That was the lowest number in the league. And uh, if 3-6 Mafia is the best entertainment at Nissan Stadium, the Titans are in a world of hurt. Let's put it that way. Or 3-6 Mafia is just that stellar with their performance. Titans could be great, and then 3-6 Mafia comes in and just knocks them away. They're going to blow the roof off of the new stadium before the new stadium even breaks ground. I'm always intrigued by the strong play callers who are hired because of the way they call an offense or defense. But Brian Dayball's hired because he's paired as the play caller with Buffalo, right? Well, he's not calling plays Sunday. Mike Kafka is, who joins him from Kansas City. And so while there will certainly be elements of the Dayball offense in Buffalo, what you hired the guy based on the, the strongest traits to do, he's not doing... I, I don't Usually know. you I, start out doing it, yeah, you give it up when away. it gets complicated. Sunday night football. The Bucks open the season at Dallas, and it will be the first of two road games to begin the year. They, they are at Dallas and at New Orleans to begin the season for Tampa. A lot of people talking about Brady coming out slow because of the missed 11 days and all that. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think he... He's heard so much stuff. He's going to come out with his hair on fire and put up some numbers. So uh, Greg Allman pointed this out. Last year's Bucks season opening win against Dallas. Gronkowski and Antonio Brown combined for 211 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And then their offensive line of Kappa, Marpet, Jensen. They played every snap. And now you have Brady, Evans, Fournette, and the tackles of the offensive line are back. But we know it's been well-documented and covered what's going on on their offensive front. And, of course, no Gronk, which Brady's apparently tired of talking about, Chad. Yes, he is. And Antonio Brown pieced out midway through the season last year. Yeah, Brady, I think the exact line was, got a question about, are you going to call Gronk? You can get him out of retirement. And he said, okay, so we're going to ask about Gronk every week now? (laughs) That's going to get annoying. And Brady is, uh, saying, oh, I'm, is. I'm concerned about who's here, not who's not here. He's six and zero against Dallas for his career. Fourteen Co- touchdowns. Cowboy killer. Uh, by the way, Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles, new head coach of uh, Tampa, twenty six and forty as the head coach of the Jets. His quarterbacks: Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, and Sam Darnold. And now he has Brady in Tampa. So slight difference in talent. And here's what he means in Vegas. During Brady's 40-day retirement, the Bucks were 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. They're currently seven to one. A lot of people probably took that 50 to one, thinking he's coming back. That would have been smart. Wish I would have thought really of that. Smart. I wish I did it. Yep. Uh, finally, Monday night, Seahawks and Broncos. Russell Wilson was 57 and 21 at home in his 10 seasons in Seattle. 
The last time Seattle lost a week one game, 1999. They are 7-0 since in Seattle. End of the first in quarter. In Seattle is the key part of that. End of the first quarter, the Russ comes home, storyline is over, and so is the game. <laughs> and, uh, and that sucks for us all. I have, I have a feeling this is going to be uh, shockingly close. In, in game number right. one with right. Russ, Russell Wilson coming back, I think it's going to be a really close game. What do you think of the week one slate? Not bad. Uh, the primetime games the, the, outside of the Monday The primetime games are T- good. Tonight and Sunday night are real good. I uh, think there are, are a number of games that aren't very interesting outside of those primetime games, quite frankly. So for week one. There are nine new starting quarterbacks, all veterans, for a new team. It's a lot. That's for two the, years in a row we get a lot. For the first time in 15 years, the NFL will not have a rookie quarterback starting week one. Wow. It's pretty amazing. But we knew that. And we knew that. I mean, as soon as the season was over, when we looked to talk about the draft, we knew the first rounders weren't a thing heading into the draft. There was very little buzz, and the NFL offseason extended itself further, further than ever with moves. So – it's been a long time coming. Also, six division games in week one. And those present some of the best matchups, like Bengals-Steelers, for instance. Not Colts-Texans. No. Vikings-Packers. Is yeah, that's a good one. So, I'm a, I, I mean... Dolphins-Patriots. You, you, you got to squeeze in some not-so-great games Chargers, out Raiders. of the gate where, you get, uh, yeah. where everybody's excited about everything. Coming up, we've got SEC headlines for you. More than SEC, college football discussion as uh, we will dive into some of the better games this weekend and some headlines surrounding some players. Uh, Pass rusher is now available for Kentucky against Florida, for instance. And we'll dive into uh, also there was an ESPN SEC network analyst that um, has raised the, the eyebrows of those in Lexington. Have you seen this? No. Can't wait to see. Yeah, bulletin board material from a Crimson Tide player, ex-player, who's adding bulletin board material for Kentucky. It's odd, but we'll give you details next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Pitt is really playing up that underdog role, aren't they? Okay, 360 rolling on. Pat Narduzzi loves to do it. He, I mean, he he flat out said, "I like it. I like that uh, Vegas has them as a touchdown favorite. I like that the line continues to go up." He's absolutely going to play that with his Were team. Were they the underdog last year too? I don't think so. I want to say Pitt was maybe a field was goal it a favorite. I mean, it was close to it. Maybe Tennessee was a one or two point favorite. It was right there as a pick 'em, or or one team was favored by one or two. I would say in that in that game. Tennessee a year ago, if you remember, got out to a good start yeah. in the game, and then they kept falling behind by two scores and then would score to make it a touchdown game and then eventually got it to where they were driving to tie it late, and that's when the interception happened. So Roman Harper on SEC Network called the Kentucky defense soft. 
which I, I would love to go back and hear it because I'm just reading the quote. But his quote, going into the season, everybody had Kentucky above Florida. I probably did too. But after one game, I'm completely off of that. I'm completely off of it. Florida's going to win this game. I think they're going to win pretty handedly. It's going to look dominant. I'm not trending toward a blowout, but it is in the swamp and they do play better. They play differently. Use me as ammo if you need it. I'm feeding it to you right now, Kentucky. But if you want to win this game, you've got to stop Florida up front. Kentucky looked soft. I hate using the word softer, but they're not as physical running the football. Well, that's uh, Mark Stoops likes to coach with a chip on his shoulder too, so I guarantee you that's being used uh, this week. I, I didn't, I didn't see that with the Kentucky. So Matt Jones Miami tweeted Ohio out, game. Uh, Kentucky defense was made aware of Roman Harper calling on SEC Network calling them soft on television, and um, you know apparently they're interested in what SEC Network is saying. Well, here's, I would, I, here's what I they wouldn't have complain to worry about their about. defense. No, it wasn't great. I saw Miami of Ohio do some things that I was surprised they were able to do in the game. But um, the, the concern is is not a, a physicality or softness of Kentucky. It's making Anthony Richardson do what you want him to do yeah. as a defense and not letting him take over the game with his legs. Because I think that's how Florida runs away in this game, is he goes wild on the ground in this one. They're unable to contain him in the pocket, make him throw the football accurately, which, by the way, I think he can do. I think there's still going to be some inconsistency, and it could be a game-to-game proposition, but he's definitely capable of it. I know it's just one, but if Kentucky goes out and loses this game, I I think they're fraudulent. Well, I mean... That's hard to say. They're a six-point underdog. I don't know that they're fraudulent. Um, Whole offseason, everybody's built them up. You were talking about, you know, it's been more about how close can they, uh, not how close can they get to Georgia, but uh, there's been a lot of feeling like there's mm-hmm. there's some distance between them and and the teams behind them. And they come out and lose to a team that, that people were, you know, just a couple months ago saying couldn't recruit, couldn't do anything, it was a mess. That's all fair. And they come out, they beat Utah, and then they're going to roll to a second, uh, a 2-0 record. With a win over the the everybody's darling in the East outside of Georgia, and I'm going to say, well, what the hell was all the hype about? And, and then they could very well go well, to Tennessee. The, it's, and lose. it's fair, but I'll also say this about Florida: if Dan Mullen doesn't completely lose that locker room, and let's say they just get have a seven and five season, that they have some bad luck, but they finish seven and five with this roster coming back. If Dan Mullen's the coach. Florida is easily picked second in the SEC East. But it did what fall we apart. got, well, but we, we got fooled into believing that it fell apart. Was those guys who quit on the last coach are just going to quit? Done. And Billy Napier has this huge rebuild ahead of him at Florida. But in actuality, it's a team with forty four or five star players on the roster, and maybe they were just ready for a change, and now they're going to play hard. I still feel very much like Kentucky needs to make a statement. And come out and show. Even if they were to lose narrowly, if if they lose, they've got to do a lot of good things. A lot of good things. They've had success against Florida. Mm -hmm. They need to win. I mean, I I don't think it's even playing close. That'd be like saying, you know, if Utah goes to Florida and plays it close, we'll be okay with Utah. I'm I'm with you on this one point, Paul, about Kentucky. I'm not going to go ahead and outright call them fraudulent if they lose. But this is a game they're going down there to win. If they want to make a statement, they go win in the swamp. Well, they go win through their defense. 
they have got to stop the run this week because as much as we have talked, and for rightfully so, I mean, Richardson deserves the, the chatter. Um, part of the reason why people were down on, you know, coaching regime coming in and what Billy Napier was bringing from Louisiana, part of it was I, it, it, the perception that LSU didn't want him, right? Because he's coming from Lafayette. And here's Florida who just tanked in a, a locker room that quit down the backstretch of the season with Louisiana Lafayette's coach, one of the top transfers, and I'm not knocking him now because it, it, we saw what happened on uh, this past weekend. It was just perception here. One of the top transfers was one of his own players for the Raging Cajuns on offensive line, Osiris Torrance, who was excellent this past week on the offensive line for Florida. Florida averaged over seven yards per carry this past Saturday against Utah. And that's where it, it starts for Kentucky's defense is stopping the run. And that's where I don't question them. I don't call them pretenders uh, at Kentucky defensively. In fact, that's, they're extremely consistent with Stoops. And they've had 10 win seasons twice now in the last four years. So um, it's been a while since they've had that success. So I, I don't. So you think they'll have success in this one? I don't, I don't go back. Well, it, to me, it comes down to, to Will Levis. Um, and that was my point, my, my point Terrell, earlier. You've been consistent. Um, you know, for all the discussion about Rodriguez not being there, and he's a factor. And he screwed them by putting them in this yeah, position. Yeah, and he's a, he's a he's the top running back in the SEC if he's playing. And but there's also this. Okay, Will Levis is there, and we're going to vote Kentucky number two behind Georgia. Well, you're not doing that based on Chris Rodriguez and a defense. Yeah. You're not voting Kentucky that high unless you're buying into Will Levis. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, did you see Florida? We, uh, did you see the quarterback play? And I'm thinking, well, you voted for Kentucky number two. Yeah, it, you being the, the consensus media members based on, in part, in large part, Will Levis. So why jump off the Will Levis train after one game? It's amazing how quickly it feels like everything changed with perception of Florida, Kentucky, and other teams in the SEC based off really what was one interception. Because if that interception doesn't happen, Utah is probably about to cover the spread. If they score that touchdown, they cover the spread. They were a a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite. They win the game by four points with seconds left. I mean, it was going kind of according to script based on what Vegas thought would happen in that game. But because of that defensive play by Florida, suddenly we have a completely different perception of the Gators. I'll say this about perception, though. Whoever wins this game on Saturday between Kentucky and Florida is the second-place team until proven otherwise in the SEC East. And I, I say that Tennessee could go and win by three touchdowns at Pitt. I'm still taking the team that's already beat Florida or beat Kentucky. Yeah, and hasn't done on the flip side. Tennessee hasn't done anything. Yeah, Tennessee hasn't had a chance to do it yet. You know, that would be a nice statement if they went and won. You know, relatively easily at Pitt. But if I'm just round robin looking at every team in the SEC that's got a chance to finish second, the winner of this game is the leader in the clubhouse until proven otherwise. To finish second in the East. I, I think another part of the perception of Kentucky is looking at their overall record and not how they win games. Does that make sense? Like they 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 don't win in a nice, tidy, blowout fashion. Florida can do that. And when they score, when Kentucky scores a ton of points, so does Tennessee. Right? So that the, the shootout was against Tennessee. But against Florida, they're winning a sloppy uh 
punch for punch slugfest, twenty to thirteen, because Florida turns the football over late, and in part because of Kentucky's defense, they're winning that game. They're winning a game against Chattanooga. Chattanooga had no business being in, but they're winning because of their defense late when they force offensive turnovers. They they win sixteen to ten on the road at South Carolina last year. All of these count at the as, as the ten win mark, and this is just kind of their style. I. I, I don't count them out in this game because of the the nature they go about winning games because this is who they are. But at some point, it, it's kind of the same perception we would have about um, any any playoff team in the NFL that's run first, run heavy. At some point, Carson Wentz is going to have to step up and make a play for Indianapolis or, or Ryan Tannehill for the Titans. And if you can't do it, you're probably not worthy of the shelf that everyone's placed you on throughout the course of the season. So my point being, Will Levitt, it this is a massive game yeah, for him. He's got to go get it. Richardson had his moment last week. Will Levis should be the talk of the SEC next week. He should go to the swamp and play the way Richardson played in the swamp in his first start last week. That that's that's where the expectation and I'll should play be. Richardson, even if on, it's by a little. Based on how much we have built up Kentucky over the offseason and how cocky the fan base is. Oh, fan and that's bases. a good thing. I'm happy for them. But at some point, you can't wave the white flag because Chris Rodriguez isn't playing. Yeah, right. And that's what I'm saying. If they lose this game, that fan base has to eat it. You can't. You, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't. Uh, you can wave the white flag if your quarterback goes down. Well, you also. But I'm you not. Know, it, 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 I'm talking at the the upper part of the SEC. If your quarterback goes down, okay. But if if you're losing a, a skill position player. Next man up in this conference. Now, Chad, if they, uh, I'm saying eat right? it. Now, if they come back and beat Tennessee, and Tennessee has beaten Pitt in particular, then they could come back a little bit. But they got to quiet down for a week. Well, Tennessee's a good comparison. Weeks. You know, you can't right. scream from the mountaintops that you're a better football program than Tennessee while consistently losing to them head to head. Yes, and then go and lose at a game like this where Will Levis doesn't step up. I'm just not a Will Levis believer. Now, if he goes, he could prove me wrong this weekend. Go down there and light up Florida's defense and win the game on the road, and I may feel differently about him, but I, I just I think that more often than not, he's going to make the big mistake but there's late a scenario. to lose the game as opposed to completing the big pass to win the game. There's late. a scenario also, though, isn't there, where they could win this game kind of conservatively? D- oh, defensively yeah, and with a conservative they, offense. That's how they did it last yeah. year. They that's didn't do they anything did on Florida. offense last year. That's more game. what I'm expecting. So Levis, to me, needs to not kill them, and they need to play great defense, pin in Richardson, and and play smart offense. Now, if you wanted to change the perception but I feel of like that's what your team happen. is capable of doing, then Will Levis beats Anthony Richardson in a shootout in this game. And it's a big offensive explosion that no one's expecting, and the Kentucky defense looks suspect, but Kentucky's offense goes nuts then that would, to me, change the way I feel about how Kentucky can go about winning games in a different way. Uh, Jordan Addison, by the way, uh, going back and looking at the percentage of, of targets when he was on the field at Pitt, he averaged nearly to the exact number of percentage of the ball coming his way while he was on the field. Now, it was a blowout win for USC. Uh, I think he was on the field for 26 or 27 snaps. But the ball came his way at the same percentage, which is like a, uh, uh, it was like a twenty-four percent of the time the ball's headed his way if he's on the field at USC. Something to ponder as we tie in the the Pitt and Tennessee matchup tomorrow. 
because the best Saturday. player. Uh, yeah, thank you. We keep thinking it's Friday. I keep yeah. telling you guys it's we're, Friday. We're, 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 we're finally on board. Well, no, 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 it's Friday. No, tomorrow when we talk Tennessee and Pitt <laughs> oh, on the show. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, when when we tie that in, the the top receiver in the country right now is no longer on the field, lined up opposite Tennessee's defensive backs. Well, and Keaton Slovis, I think, is going to be a nice quarterback for Pitt. Uh, he's, not, he's not Kenny Sackable. Pickett. I mean, Kenny Pickett was on a different level uh, a year well, ago. Well, the mobility, he could move, but um, for, for quarterback scrambles, Pickett had around 500 yards, four to 500 yards scrambling last year. And made some big plays against Tennessee with his, yeah. with his feet. And Slovis had 50. Yeah. And, and eight West, Virginia for 50 got, yards. West Virginia got him five times. Uh, and and three of those times that I saw, he was easy picking. Pitt returns, you know, their entire running back core. I think their entire offensive line, a lot of their defense, but no Addison, no Kenny Pickett. Um, Tennessee is better. I think Tennessee right now. I mean, they scored forty five points in their last six games. I think mm. under Josh Heupel, the way Tennessee going back to last season. The way they're playing, I just feel like they're much better than the team we saw in week two a year ago with Joe Milton at quarterback and still trying to find their way. Tennessee really didn't hit their stride until that Missouri game, South Carolina. They hit a stretch there where they figured it out and everything was clicking offensively. They've really maintained that offensively, even being, I think, the SEC team outside of Alabama to score the most points against Georgia, even though they didn't score a ton in that game. I mean, they... Tennessee's figured some things out here, it, I'm, I'm, we're going to talk more about it, but it's why I like them in this matchup, because I just feel like, I don't think Pitt's a bad team at all, but I think Tennessee's much better than they were a year ago in week two, and I can't sit here and say Pitt's any better than that team that won by a touchdown last year without Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. They're not. Before we take our final pause, I want to acknowledge Brian Yokely on Twitter, who has Brian. requested my annual uh, opening night montage uh, that I do uh, from the producers. Um, but uh, they're, they're, he's the only demand for that. And I usually do it for baseball because opening day on baseball still remains a, a bigger spring, you know, uh, green start. If we get to, more to suggestions, more people, this is like the band yeah. out here at 6th and Peabody taking more money yeah, to code. play Friends in Low Places. Well, what, 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 if we get some more, then maybe you'll do I it. I remember one time we had a substitute producer at our, at our old terrestrial station and uh, he didn't really get it and he played like the big wind-up that comes before it instead of like the little little <laughs> snip of opening night. And it was the longest was 30 like seconds a, in our it, show's no, history. No, it was like a 55-second thing and by the time we came back, probably everybody had tuned out and it was like, no, we were just looking for the short thing where the guy says, opening night. Well, we used to threaten people with, uh, you know, playing show polka tunes. Polka music. Polka. Yeah, if the ratings didn't go up. If the, well, if the calls were bad. <laughs> yeah. Just, all right, that's it. We're out of here. Show tunes the rest of the way. Uh, coming up, Jameis Winston's talking anatomy. This guy is so pathetic. Jameis Winston. 17 touchdowns, three interceptions. Where is the, where is the <laughs> Jameis Winston 30. burner account that came after me, not going after Paul on this? Jameis one of one? The, oh, he's one of one. Well, he's the, one this of guy was like messaging me, wanting to come on the show to debate me about Jameis Winston. Said he's done it before. He said he's never lost a debate. He said, if you won't get your feelings hurt when I own you about Jameis Winston's Hall of Fame candidacy. <laughs> well, he I'm said a Hall that, of Fame voter. But it's, a whole, gonna... it's a whole bit, and I'm thinking, I just don't really want to devote that much time to you got time. a Jameis Winston debate. I don't, it's not going to hurt my yeah. feelings if we, if we debate it, but I don't want to do the requisite Jameis Winston research needed yeah. to really fight you and, and win this argument. Go. 
So I'm, I'm not going to do it. Um, that guy needs to go after you, though, uh, with all your uh, disparaging comments of like Jameis. Like you, I don't give a bleep. We need, we need him to come back and go after Paul. Hear from Jameis, and we'll give our score predictions for tonight's game, Bills and Rams. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. We're back, and Backstreet's back. Oh, Backstreet is back. Chad's going tonight. Just saw the tweet from uh, Bridgestone Arena that said, in fact, Backstreet is back tonight. Bridgestone Arena, Nashville. Lucky, I really, lucky you. I'll be I really there. hope they uh, just play their Christmas album tonight. Start to finish. Yeah. What if, uh, I don't even know if they have new stuff, but what <laughs> if they just said, we're playing the new stuff tonight. I do remember that one of them. What a fan you are! This is where my Backstreet Boys fandom goes down because I don't know like all their uh, solo projects. One of them cut a country or their names, album. Names or their new stuff. Well, one of them cut a country album and played one of them last time two years ago in a oh. concert. Played one of his country songs. One of them. I think it was Brian. <laughs> what, Chad, what would you do if we went out here in the beer garden and they were there enjoying the or getting ready. smoky just to hang out before because we're a block from the arena. Which uh, it was AJ that I interviewed the one time. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, it would. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. Like the last picture I saw of them, they've been so heavily botoxed mm -hmm. that I don't know that I'd recognize uh. more than maybe like Nick Carter. Like I would recognize Nick Carter if he was hanging out. I don't know that I'd recognize the other Chad's, ones unless they I would were, recognize Kevin unless Carter. they were in such a, a Backstreet Boys s get up that it was just like they already had the makeup on for the show yeah. and had the outfits that you you would picture them in. That's the only way I'd recognize them. Chad is uh, his social media tonight is one to watch. Yeah, I need to, to I watch. need to be sure to take my phone out to post some Instagram stories. Charge from a concert. Try charging it. Before Been charging you go. all day, Chief. Hey, look at you! You've grown all day. Chad yep. has grown. Before we get to our Bills Rams predictions, a game that uh, Chad will be DVRing because he'll be at Backstreet Boys, unless it's allowed to uh, play in the suite. Have, Have we learned any information? No, these are one of those things, gentlemen, that you find out when you arrive, whether or not. Yeah. I don't know the policies for lighting and what type of uh, laser show we're going to see at this Backstreet Boys concert tonight. Sweet but world problems there. My guess yeah. is those suites will be darkened, that there's not going to be any lights coming from the suites. I mean, I'm talking the lights. You can't even turn the lights on in the yeah. suite the whole time. Um, Jameis Winston is coming off of the uh, ACL injury last year. He played in seven games and played well for the Saints, and recently he was discussing anatomy. Need to work my ankles, uh, and you, you got certain things that are, we're, we're all like. It's our body is so symmetrical, right? You got you got your wrists, you know. And then you, what are your wrists on the bottom half? Your ankles, you know. You got your shoulders up top. What are your shoulders? Your hips, you know. what I'm saying you got your elbows. What are your elbows? 
your knees, right? Like, so uh, it's symmetrical and you just got to work different parts. There you go. Yeah, he is, uh, he's working it all. I, I actually kind of like and that his, explanation. And his warp. His, it doesn't make sense because symmetrical, if I'm not mistaken, is side to side. They're not So like top, if you bottom. split your face in half, pretty people are symmetrical. The left side of their face and the right side of their face match. So your shoulders and your hips, that's an up and down thing, not a side to Can side. Can symmetry not symmetry. also involve uh, being symmetrical top to bottom? Is it I, only a side to side thing? I think it's pretty much a side to side thing. Your two shoulders matching, that would make you symmetrical. Your shoulders and your hips matching, that wouldn't make you smile. It made a lot of sense, the way he explained it. No. Nothing he says makes sense. You know, your He's shoulders. He's a What you got with your shoulders? Your shoulders are covering your hips. we're going to go win this your game elbows, right now. Knees. We're going to eat this W. Eat it with me, and we're going to go win the game. Everybody, come on. I, I've never thought Is that thought the most inspirational of, speech you've ever heard? But I've never, to his credit, he made me think about my ankles only being the wrist of my legs. And I've never thought of ankles that way. The wow. ankles are the wrist of the legs, <laughs> right? I mean, he explained in a way that's, that's new to me. Did you see how he also snapped to seriousness at the end of it? He's like having fun with the pores, and he, it's like he forgot that he's in a press conference setting. And then he, then he, but no, yeah, seriously, the body's important, symmetrical. Next question. It snapped out of it quickly. This guy is a bonehead, knucklehead, if we stick with the, all the body parts that he's using. Hey. What, what's, what's the knuckles? Oh, the toes. <laughs> Toe joints. Toes are the fingers <laughs> of the foot. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm taking the Rams tonight on the money line. Me too. Chad? I'm taking Rams. Rams I'm going to go Bill's money line. I don't know why, really. I, I've got mixed feelings. We recap the first game of the NFL season. It's here. It's here. Enjoy it. Opening Enjoy night. Bills and Rams. Join us tomorrow on Outkick 360. Don't block the box. Do lock your locks. Don't see the Backstreet Boys. <laughs>